Hi everyone and welcome along to our Trader interview series, our feature interview series, interview one with uh, Trader Justin. Uh, this is uh, produced by Access to Wealth in association with Online Trading Profits and uh, it's been run as a live webinar with questions from the audience and then turned into a podcast which we'll give an address to reasonably soon. It's good to have your company, great to have so many people in the room and to have the room uh, so full. Whenever we talk to Justin, uh, we always get a good reply, a good response. Justin, um, it's been a month now since Bali. It's um, the Bali trading retreat. Uh, we took the team down to Bali, traded with the clients. Pretty big week down there, but the month has certainly flown by. Hi, Paul. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely been uh, busy times for us. Uh, Bali was amazing. Um, definitely got a lot, a lot of knowledge out of it. It was good to meet the team. And I'm definitely in implementing a lot of stuff that I've learned as well, which is, um, you know, improving my, improving my trading as well. So all good here. Mate, yeah, mate, you're on a fantastic run, aren't you? We'll talk a little bit more about the trading one at the moment, but you are on another, um, on another fantastic run of results uh, since we've come back. Look, um, to introduce you a little bit to uh, people who are, who are new perhaps people on the podcast, um, you're a, a full-time fundamental trader. Um, to be a fundamental trader, what's the qualification that you have to Enable you to do that. So, um, for me, um, so yes, I'm a fundamental uh, trader. I've been doing this for a number of years now. Um, so, I kind of started out um, getting an economics degree, obviously, in, a, in university. Um, I also got a, a master's degree in finance and economics. Um, it's not compulsory but it definitely helps with your understanding and that knowledge has um, served me quite well in, in trading in the markets. Um, so I also um, got a something called a Chartered Financial Analyst, uh, CFA designation, which is the equivalent of what you would expect for a CPA for a accountant. And yep. it is kind of like the, you know, the gold standard analyst kind of um, designation in in the asset management industry. Um, so the pass rate is actually quite low. It's like 46%. And now there's a huge influx of, you know, people from the mainland, which is obviously pushing the bar up um, in, in, in success rate. So I'm, I'm glad I've got that done and got that over with. And how long did it take you to get a, a master's degree in finance? So the master's degree is a one-year degree. Um, yes, it's a one-year degree. And then the designation, the CFA designation actually took three years. So you have to take wow. uh, three successive exams over three years in order to uh, get the designation. And did you do economics because you wanted to be a trader or did that follow on? Is that a, is that a progression you had planned out or yeah. something you more or less fell into? No, I actually wanted to become a doctor before, <laughs> and then and then I realized, you know, there's a lot of blood and all that all that stuff involved, and you also you also had to study for like 13, 14 years before you could become a specialist. So I'm like, ah, uh, probably not. Um, so I did economics. Um, I know that wasn't my plan to become a trader at first. I just wanted, you know, I just kind of did that in high school for a bit, and I thought it was, you know, interesting to see how the how the world works and just kind of go from there and so my friend kind of introduced me to uh, forex trading um, just out of pure randomness um, through an app and I just kind of looked at it and kind of thought to myself hmm, maybe there's some kind of linkage of what's going on here 
and uh, the stuff that I've been learning in school. So I just kind of made that link and it kind of helped me uh, push forward and get some results in it. So how important do you think um, a basic knowledge of economics is to Forex trading? I think it's definitely very important. Um, I'm, not, I'm not just saying this because I'm a fundamental trader, but um, so I've, I've had some experience in some of the banks. Um, we work in asset management. So now the banks are basically our brokers and they help us um, buy and sell stuff in the market. And when I look at their stuff, um, most of their stuff, a lot of their stuff is also based on fundamental analysis and based on fundamental knowledge. So if all these institutions, if the central bank is looking at this information, we'll be doing ourselves injustice in the market if we're not incorporating that somewhat into our analysis, into our trading as well. So I definitely think it's very important. Yeah, I think it's fair. It's been an interesting part, as you know, we've been talking a lot in the, in the education company recently about context, about understanding before you start looking for technical setups, having a reason to look for technical setups in particular currency pairs and using things like fundamentals to narrow that search down to the right currency pairs and trying to find a, a technical setup in the right pair as opposed to just a technical setup in any pair. Exactly, exactly. So my thought process is basically if, say, um, like if you're investing in stocks, right, um, you also want, so a stock is not just a number, it's not just a ticker, a stock is a company. So before you want to invest in a, in, in a stock, you first have to understand um, what the underlying company is about, right? It's not just like buying a number and hoping that number is going to go up. So yeah. in forex, yeah. it's the same thing. In stocks, it's company level. In forex, it's country level. So before you buy a currency, you want to understand the country that you're actually buying, what's going on in the country, and is it doing well, is it doing badly? And once you know that, then you can determine what currency you want to buy, what currency you want to sell, and in which direction you want to take the trade in. And then after that, that's when you want to get into technical setups and look for exactly where you want to enter the trade and when you want to take your trade that will shorten you know the time that you need to hold it and make sure that your entry is correct has the best win ratio has the best risk reward ratio that's that's kind of how i think about um trading in general fantastic i guess there's been a lot of interest i've got the first question coming i'm going to ask you a few questions as we go through uh we did invite people if they're joining us for this on the webinar obviously you can't do it if you're on the podcast but if you're on the webinar if you'd like to put any questions in here, I will ask them of Justin as we go through the uh, session. So I'm going to be about 30 to 40 minutes today on uh, feature interview number one with uh, Trader Justin. So, um, Justin, I guess uh, a lot of people who are uh, retail traders, people who are learning uh, their way and trying to make a living, and, and some of our guys who are making a living from this now, will be really interested in, in, in your job and what you actually do. So as a professional trader, what do you do in a day? What's a typical day like for you? Oh, my day can vary a lot. We have a lot of stuff going on. So, um, you know, I'm an analyst. I do, obviously, I do my fair share of analysis in the market. I look at the data, uh, what's going on in the reports. Um, I talk to, in the morning, in the very first morning, we get morning calls that we, you know, speak to people in the U.S. Um, to see what their thoughts are um, on what's going, what went on in the U.S. session of the market. So we get that update before we start our day. Um, for me, you know, I do a lot of trading. 
Um, and then I do hedging for a portfolio. So that's kind of what's involved in trading as well, not just making money, but also hedging your risk in the portfolio. And now I've also gotten into writing analysis. So I write analysis um, for our portfolio managers to see. I write analysis for our sales teams and our clients to see, to know exactly what, um, you know, what's going on in our portfolio. So um, kind of writing this kind of stuff for them and making sure that, like the people that I'm working with is understanding our analysis and our research um, as well. The, um, the fund that you trade for when you're not uh, working with us is a pretty big fund. What can you tell us about them? So I can't, I can't give the fund name away because that's kind of like, um, you know, private information. But what I can say is that it is a uh, US listed uh, asset management company. Um, it's pretty big. It's we have right now we have 1 trillion US dollars um, in assets under management across the firm. Um, obviously, I don't, I'm not responsible for managing the whole, you know, 1 trillion US dollars, but we help, you know, look after some of it. And, um, you know, it's spread across different asset classes, equities, fixed income, uh, Forex, um, everything. And um, our clients are mainly, um, we have sovereign wealth funds. So the China sovereign wealth fund, Norwegian sovereign wealth fund, and we also have insurance companies and those kind of uh, institutional players as well. We also have funds that are available to retail clients as well, um, but it's mainly in the US. Interesting. You um, Do you find it any different uh, trading other people's money as opposed to trading your own money? That's a huge difference, definitely. Um, so I think, you know, during, during a lot of times when we talk about trading, we're talking about strategy. Um, and what I want to say is that learning the strategy, that's the easy part. And the strategy, the mechanics of trading, that's only 20% of whether you make profits or not. The other, the other 80% is basically your trading psychology and, um, you know, how you're dealing with, if you have consecutive losses, how are you dealing with it? If you have a lot of winners, are you going to be overconfident? and then you start to mess up your, your, your trading discipline, how do you deal with that? That's the 80%. And obviously trading your own money and versus trading other people's money, um, it's a big jump. Um, a lot of people, you know, if they're trading other people's money, some, some of them might say, oh, it's not my money, I don't care, I can do, you know, risky stuff. And then there's another bunch of people who are like, oh, it's other people's money, I better take really, really, really good care of it and um, make sure I'm not, you know, scolded if anything gets wrong. So, you know, you've kind of, kind of got two extremes and you have, kind of have to manage it. Um, and I think you guys actually do uh, a really good job in teaching retail traders how to manage their psychology because you're just not, you're not, you, you guys are obviously teaching a lot of strategies, but also you're telling them about the psychology behind that and helping them coach them into making sure that they're, um, you know, profitable and successful and they're not, you know, destroying accounts. So that's very nice. Yes, yeah, one of the things that I think, uh, you know, it's interesting what comes up as um, uh, there are themes that run through the business at different times. And there's certainly been some focus on uh, trading psychology in the last 12 months, as there has been for understanding context and uh, bias is, is a big thing we're working through at the moment. It's interesting to see these things come up as we teach and certainly enjoying uh, seeing uh, those uh, the effects of those on uh, trader success over time. Got a couple more questions. Keep posting the questions. I will ask them to Justin as we go along. Um, 
So if you wanted to be a fund trader, is there a pathway you can follow? A pathway you can follow? There's no strict pathway. Um, I think um, obviously what you guys are doing here, you guys are also giving a very, the very nice pathway. You start from being a retail trader, um, trading your own money, and then building a track record first. So I think the first thing you need is a track record. And if you have you know, a decent track record of um, something like six months, 12 months, two years, three years, then that will give a co confidence to people who want to invest with you. Um, they look at your track record and then they also want to um, test your knowledge of the markets. So they, they want to make sure that what you're doing is not pure luck. You, you actually understand the market. And that's kind of also where fundamentals come in. So when you're explaining to investors, you're not, you're not just saying, oh, I bought it because it looked like it was going up, but I bought it because it looked like this country um, is doing well, funds are flowing into it, GDP was good, and now we have the confidence to get into the market. So that really helps with um, understanding and also building confidence with your investors as well. Yeah, Justin, great advice. And I think uh, some of the people in the uh, in the session may understand that uh, in addition to the uh, standard pathway that uh, a lot of our actions to wealth clients see where we put up accounts for them to trade, uh, there are plenty of people in the company who trade um, additional funds for us as preparation for uh, creating a record that would be uh, appealing to investors, something that we do on a discretionary basis only. It's, it's only me that can invite people into that program. Certainly a different uh, financial split, but it really is far more like trading a larger account for investors. So it was really interesting when you turned up, uh, Just I always remember we did an event in Hong Kong, you turned up and people started, you know, we, we heard a little bit about you before you joined our program. And when you joined, I remember thinking, well, this is going to be a good challenge for us. Can we take a guy who's clearly very knowledgeable, very successful, and, and can we add to him what he, what he knows? And I think one of the things that um, I wondered at the time was, as a really successful fundamental trader, why the interest in technical trading? Why add technical trading knowledge to a fundamental trading uh, knowledge base you already had? Yeah, so for me, um, you know, for me, I'm just, you know, kind of, I have a really curious personality. So I just kind of really wanted to, first of all, I wanted to know what people were doing. I wanted to know what, how others are trading and how others are getting their own successful results. So um, there was that. And then secondly, I was actually looking for ways to improve my own strategy because I was, um, I had a bit of technical knowledge, not much, but I was obviously mainly fundamental. And one problem I encountered was that um, I keep entering trades early. And then, so then I had to wait a long time sometimes before the trades could materialize into the profits. Um, I knew that, you know, a currency could be undervalued. I knew that it's, you know, it's very likely that it's going up. Um, so I bought it and then sometimes I wait a month, two months, three months, and I'm just kind of asking myself, um, you know, could I have done something else in these two months rather than just sitting on a position? So I wanted to know how I could pinpoint my entries. And when I, you know, came across you guys, um, I looked at, I looked at what you guys did and I thought that, you know, this is something that um, might actually help me overcome this problem. Um, so, you know, I, I just made a, made a decision um, and joined you guys and obviously I benefited a lot and it, ha it has helped me reduce, you know, a lot of the waiting time, <laughs> paying swaps and everything that gets painful when you're managing 
you know, a slightly larger amount of money. I remember there was one time I was holding an Aussie dollar uh, short position and I held it for three months. Guess how much swap it cost me? I'm picking more than $20,000. It cost me $30,000 to hold that position. Yeah, sorry. After you. So yeah, in the in so in the end, it did work out. You know, Aussie Aussie cut its rates by two times, but it was a, a hugely painful ride. So that's why I needed that. That was the breaking point into telling me, okay, I need something to 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 take this further and improve it further. I think it's a really good uh, point for people then who are coming from the other way, technical traders who are trying to learn about fundamentals, and I think it's a it's a bit of a buzz for our guys at the moment to do a little bit more understanding of fundamentals. But the thing you need to be really careful of when you're learning fundamentals is that it puts you in positions way early. And that um, uh, the balance between the two, I think, gives us the uh, the strongest combination of results. People who can do a little bit of, you know, fundamentals should give you direction and technical trading should give you timing in an ideal world, I imagine. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, um, so you're a platinum student fractions to wealth, and from what you're saying, overall you've enjoyed the experience of uh, working with us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I've been through the whole platinum journey um, from Simple FX all the way to Bali. Now I've done Bali twice. Um, it's definitely been every time I go to events, I learn something new, um, and I think the the most valuable part of this journey is the the, the people you meet, the traders on the team that you meet um you get to you know chat with them go to lunch with them have drinks with them and that's also when they share share a lot of uh knowledge um you know for example lloyd he does a lot of back testing and he tells me about his results um some of the stuff he's doing and then we kind of go through it and then, and then we discuss whether it makes sense or not and sometimes you know new strategies form and we improve our old strategies improve our risk reward ratios and that's just something amazing that comes out from this community yeah it's one of the things justin i feel very privileged to be in a community where um that uh, you know i get the chance to talk to all of you guys at different times and some of those conversations take us some pretty amazing places and uh, it's the spontaneous conversation where we're just sitting around talking about anything um that takes those places i think it's interesting you mentioned lloyd uh, perhaps um one of the genuine you know just quiet achievers of, of actions to wealth. A gentleman who now trades uh, and invests full time for a living has been for a while, and he's just so unassuming and so quiet in sharing his knowledge. But boy, there's some knowledge tucked underneath it. When you stop and have a chat with him, uh, it's amazing what he, what he knows. Yeah, yeah. He, he told me that um, and back testing indicators was his hobby. I'm like, wow. <laughs> <That's awesome>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 1,200 indicators he's back tested. Gosh, that would take me a while. Um, and again, the great yeah. part about is people who share that stuff are uh, an amazing resource and we all share some, some sort of different stuff. Um, so I will ask you, what's the best uh, tip or advice you've uh, had in your time with Actions 12? The best tip or advice, um, I, I would say I really had, I, I can't think of a single piece of advice, but I definitely value the, the knowledge I've gained, um, the different perspectives of, um, you know, the different traders I meet. Um, you know, we have people who are really good at technicals and they share the knowledge that we have, um, you know, people who are good at um, sentiment positioning and they share knowledge. Um, you know, I kind of share a bit of fundamental knowledge and it just kind of meshes together. 
um, I, I can't see another place where it just kind of we have this breadth of knowledge and the people who know so much about each individual part who come together and then we kind of bond together. So one of the things I really want to help with this uh, uh, organization as well is to make sure that we keep all this knowledge, you know, going through and connecting with everyone so that everyone gets this synergized pool of mastermind knowledge. And that, that kind of really excites me. Yeah, mate, me too. It's a, it's a great time to be involved with our, with our organization from the point of view of people getting access to new information. I want to talk to you in a second um, about uh, about the fundamental broadcast group you're offering and uh, people's ability to access that. But um, you've been, you know, you're working in, in the uh, fundamental area, you've added in the technical area. Trading results since Bali have, have been outstanding from what I've seen. You can't you trade with us. Um, how good have they been? How, how good's your your trade call group, the broadcast group where you put out your trade calls? How far is that up in the last twelve months? So we're up uh, three thousand six hundred pips in the last twelve months. The last time we counted, um, so, I think as at end of November. So if that's trading that at a dollar a pip, that's three and a half thousand dollars made. That's a thousand dollars to just under thousand dollars to join. Now we just put the price up to nine ninety, right? So it's three. Three and a half to one trading at a dollar. If they've got their own account, they're trading at a dollar a pip. Um, uh, they're making, you know, a three and a half to one on that group. Um, I'm, I'm really interested in the, um, the results, Justin. So I've seen you in particular in the last month make a lot of money out of the New Zealand dollar. Why the Kiwi? Well, that, that's uh, very interesting. So um, I was actually looking at the Kiwi um, for a while now because they've just been bearish for so long. And I just thought that when is this going to end, right? They're, they're getting close to the zero bound of, of interest rates. Um, so I started to monitor the data and to see if there was any point where it looked like it could turn. Um, so we had some of that come through in the past couple of months. We had um, you know, good uh, GDP data. We had good uh, employment data come in. And also, so one thing that, you know, I, I kind of looked at the uh, commitment of traders before. Um, and um, when I listened to Ray's course um, in Bali, I, he kind of, you know, highlighted that again. So I kind of went back to that and looked at it and that kind of lined up with what I was seeing in technicals. And so, you know, we decided to take the trade at, you know, it was at, in, on a technical level, it was at a really strong monthly time frame horizontal level and you know monthly time frame levels are definitely levels that are very well respected and so you know just all three things kind of lined up um, so we took the trade and just really shortly afterwards like two three days afterwards we had the New Zealand uh, uh, central bank come and say oh that's not as dovish as we said we were going through before and the New Zealand dollar just shot up like 70, 80 pips in a single day. And then it kind of consolidated a while. And, um, you know, I've actually had questions during this time of consolidation um, from a couple of uh, students to ask me, actually, should we be um, you know, taking this trade off? We've made some profit. Should we still hold this position or should we, you know, um, take profit from it? And my answer was, my view hasn't changed. We're at a start of a major move and I would personally not take off too much right now because I can see it going so much higher it's been in a downtrend for 
at least a year and a half because of um, you know the trade war and because of so much things now it's got a chance to go back up and then today we saw again the uh, um, governors from New Zealand come out and say we are going to uh, increase our government spending in the economy um, and that really helped um, because government spending obviously improves the GDP so that again helps one of the fundamental key indicators of the economy and that we see again we see a, we saw another boost of 60 70 pips um, just today and China is also improving and that also helps too but I really like it as someone who lives in New Zealand um, uh, I've you know if you'd asked me I had a bias short on the Kiwi dollar and what really impressed me was how quickly you got to long and um, got that out into your fundamental broadcast group made it clear to the people who were subscribed I mean, you took your trades in the in the trade call group and they made their money but those in the fundamental group also had the chance to just simply go okay well bias has changed here and you got it out before that news came so people could make the money and I'm uh, really impressed with your ability to get it out early to people what I'd really like you to do if you don't mind is just explain the difference you now have two broadcast groups, one's for trade calls and one's for fundamentals. Could you explain to our listeners the difference between one and the other? And then we might go through some questions. Yeah, so, uh, you know, the broad, this, this new fundamental group really came out because, um, you know, I got Mikey and a couple of other um, technical traders who had their own strategy kind of saw um, the value in fundamental analysis. Um, and they wanted to see how they could mesh it together themselves too. Um, so, you know, they had their own strategy and they wanted to overlay a fundamental bias over it. So if they saw a trade that looked good, but then the fundamentals didn't line up, they could maybe stop themselves from losing money or they could take a smaller position and make sure their risks are lowered because the things haven't lined up. So that's how this group started. Um, and so this group, this new fundamental group will basically be my analysis on the different currency pairs so what i'm going to do in this group is basically every month i will give my bias on the eight currency pairs that we trade um, i'll tell you whether i think that it's bullish whether i think it's bearish or whether i'm kind of neutral um, in that currency for that particular month i'll obviously give my reasons why and then throughout the month i'll also give updates of you know what has changed in there and what has changed in the currency what data has come out and how has that affected whether what there are any funny trump tweets that came out and affected the market as well i'll tell you about that um but what this group doesn't include is my own trades um that i take um so i have a very specific way of taking um my own trades um but then so this group is only for the analysis and the trades will be for my own uh, VIP trading group only. Cheers, Justin. So um, one group is about uh, giving them the, the knowledge to fist for themselves, and that's uh, $49 a month, $49.95 I think it is a month. And one group is here's the fish. You know, well, here are the trades, just take the trades, and that's $990 a year. So yeah, $990 a year for that. Uh, which is the one that's made the three and a half thousand pips in the last 12 months. Look, I'm just going to uh, read a couple of questions to you. Some of them are a little bit from a little bit further back, but uh, uh, so the first question, I think you've covered this, but just to go through it again, which is more helpful between technical analysis and fundamental analysis for your current trades? 
Um, so I wouldn't say, you know, the short answer is both of them are important. You shouldn't be trading without one or the other, both of them, and they're not mutually exclusive. If you do technical analysis, that doesn't stop you from doing fundamental analysis. And the same thing the other way around. So, you know, everyone has their own process, but my process is to, one, use fundamental analysis to determine the currency pairs that I want to analyze and then determine the direction and then to use technical analysis to enter, um, you know, manage your stop loss, manage your take profits and um, your entries. So that's kind of how I look at it. Cheers, mate. Do you think the Assange that a recession crash will happen in 2021? <laughs> is, there, is, there ever, is there ever a time when there's not a sign that one of these things will happen? There's always a sign, isn't there? Anyway, do you think there's a, there are signs that a recession crash will happen in 2021? Uh, if this happens, uh, what will happen in the currency markets, gold and Bitcoin? We might leave the Bitcoin part out of that for now, if you don't mind, Justin. Yeah, sure. So um, first of all, we have to get through 2020 first before we can get to 2021. Um, there are definitely a lot of rumors of whether a recession is coming. You know, even large financial institutions are all, always looking for signs that the market is, you know, um, have signs that it might fall. Um, the one sign that I would kind of pick out is that, you know, the, the yield curve inverted uh, a couple months ago. Um, and when that happens, usually there, there has been um, occasions where maybe 12 to 18 months down the line after the yield curve is inverted that a recession will come. So there's definitely a chance. Um, but right now, markets are at an all-time high. But people are not overly optimistic yet. There's still so many people who are so scared um, about the market that it's, I, I, you know, it's at an all-time high. But I don't feel like it's at that stage where it's completely euphoric. Everyone's just throwing every single dollar in the market. It's not at that point yet. So I feel like we have, you know, maybe a last leg to go up before we might see a recession. And so what happens in a recession is that. Um, People get scared, um, fear takes over, and they start to get into risk uh, safe haven assets. So safe haven assets are, you know, gold, Japanese yen, Swiss franc, etc. So you would see um, uh, uh, demand for those go up in a recession, and those currencies should go up. Interesting at the moment. I don't want to get too far off interview target, but it does look as if right now. Um, we're just starting to see a little bit more government policy aimed at stimulating economies, not just from um, central banks, but there's a lot more spending coming in the world, isn't there? Yeah, people are just, you know, desperate to pop, prop up their own economy. They've been trying to do it with monetary policy um, since 2008, printing money, um, giving money to people to spend. And it seems like, you know, everyone is starting, is, is on a race to lower their interest rates and make sure, you know, money is flooding the market. So they're kind of at the limit of what they can do here. So now they turn to fiscal stimulus, which is stimulus by government spending. And and they're starting to use that method to kind of prop up the economy. Um, so that's kind of the new trend of what's happening. You saw that with the New Zealand dollar um, fiscal stimulus that was announced today. And we all so seeing a lot of pressure on the European government who also want to do a lot of fiscal stimulus because they're already at negative interest rates. They can't really go much lower than that. So that's what we're seeing. 
been interesting in the last six months to see the central bankers start and demand this from the government, which is the first time I've seen that where they really come out and said, hey, you guys need to do your part as well. But we'll move on. I don't want to engage on that stuff too much at this stage. Um, how do you think individual traders can survive while competing with the big companies with those high resources? So the, the, the good thing about the Forex market, right, is that no one has any insider information. And so the, the, the playing field, like compared to stocks, compared to other asset classes is very level. Um, so what you need to do is to just get your knowledge up. Make sure you, you understand the market. And, you know, I would say, you know, it's intimidating to trade against financial institutions, but you don't have to be trading against them. You can be long or short, right? You're not, you could be on their team as well. If you're, if you're on the team as the big, at, uh, with the biggest player in the market, which is the central bank, who determines the interest rates, which, which then determines, you know, the value of their own currency, then there's no problem with you competing with anyone. You could be as good as them. So you just need to do your analysis on the fundamentals, make sure you're on the same team as the central bank and you're okay. You don't need to care about anyone else. Okay, nice. Look, um, we've got one here, Michael Burry called passive investing a bubble. What are your thoughts on this? Now we're really in a passive investing bubble. <laughs> so Michael Berry is the guy from the, the big short, right? Who called the, uh, you know, the list. Yeah. Um, the last uh, housing bubble in the U.S. and yeah. made uh, definitely a lot of money. Uh, if you saw the movie, you also saw that he waited from 0 06 all the way to 08, and his fund, you know, paid like I don't know. I think it was like 50 or 60 million in premium um, to hold those credit default swap positions before. Um, you know, he eventually got it right. So again, he's kind of like a fundamental person, right? He knew things were wrong and then he betted on it, but then he had to wait like two years. So, you know, you know, it could be a bubble, but that's fine. We just need to know when to get out and when to get in to manage ourselves and to see how we can make money from it. Um, yeah, so that's kind of my view. It's one of the things, isn't it, uh, Justin? On any day, you can find one person saying one thing about markets and another person saying exactly the opposite. And one of the things you have to do, in my view, is find your person and stick with them. Uh, you, know, you can follow, you know, you can follow someone who's telling you that crypto is going to the earth and someone who's telling you it's going to zero. And you know, there's a diff million different people. What you do is you've got to find a person you have faith in. And inside our organisation, from the fundamental point of view. Uh, you know, this is now the role you have where we consistently stick with your view on this and, and how to uh, get the most out of it. Look, um, we're trying to run this through in about uh, 30 to 40 minutes. We're coming up around the 40 minute mark. It's um, Cyber, Cyber Monday, Justin. We've got a couple of groups that you're involved in. We, we promised that we'd keep the uh, the trade call group uh, numbers to a, a limit for you, but we're, we're too short of that. Can I ask you for um, any offers for our guys for either group today? Yeah, so our, our, our trading group is, you know, quite full already. Um, I think we could do maybe two more, two more in the trading group. Okay. And then, um, so the fundamental broadcast group is is new. And, um, you know, if, if people are interested, I am happy to let them in. So we could offer, let's say, five seats um, for the fun fundamental uh, group today. Right. We, um, we always enjoy having you in, in our shows and involved around our stuff, but I'm going to put the hard word on you. It's Cyber Monday, uh, $9.90 for your, for your trade call group normally, $49.95 for your fundamental group normally. 
what are you going to do for um, our listeners and our podcast listeners uh, as a special for the day? Can you can you give them any discount? We can keep it to two for the broadcast group and five for the so two for the trade core group and five for the fundamental group. But can you do anything for them for uh, Cyber Monday? Uh, that's a difficult one. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so we are we have two spots left in the fundamental the, for for the trade call group. Um, we actually just increased our price to nine ninety. Um, it was seven ninety before, but since we have you know so much demand, we we are increasing our price. But just for today, if you sign up today to the last two seats, we will um, keep. Uh, you, you'll be the last two people who will get it at 790. And then for the fundamentals group, we will do a very, very special um, Cyber Monday discount at um, let's say 2990 for the for the fundamental group. Fantastic. So we launched it on uh, Black Friday 2990. Appreciate you allowing a few more seats to go, and it's been very popular in our in our listenership. There's no doubt right now that there's a real uh, hunger for this kind of knowledge about uh, how to get into the right currency pairs and how to find them and we're talking more and more and uh, if you're on the podcast this may be new to you but uh, before you find a technical setup find a bias find something fundamental to give you a, a target to look at like a currency pair or a set of currency pairs instead of searching the whole market find the one that's going to move and then find your technical setup in that and your success rate will go to a different place and you'll find some different results. Uh, last couple of questions, Justin. We are going to wind it up. Um, what's the worst trade you've taken? What did you learn from it? So the worst, the worst trade for me would definitely be, you know, when the Euro Swiss franc floor um, was removed. So I was on the, I was on the whacking end of that. And, um, you know, that was a really good lesson for me. I, I obviously I lost some money. It wasn't a huge position, but I definitely lost some money on that trade. Um, but I had a really good learning point, and the learning point was that not to focus just on what the central bank says, but focus on the economic fundamentals because that's how the central bank determines what they need to do. Um, and what they say is really, you know, talk is cheap. They could say one thing and uh, do something else, but fundamentals is actually what they look at because their soul's their sole purpose of existence is to help the economy grow in a stable uh, fashion so they can't deviate from that and that's what i learned that i need to go back to the to the starting point and to analyze from there that's um interesting i think about that trade a lot and um it seems to me at the moment that there's a lot of people who and, and what happens is new people come in and they, they don't have the experience a lot of people coming in and they're putting on a position and then as the trade moves to profit, they're doubling their position. And as it moves to profit, they're doubling their position. And I think because they're trading with, um, I feel like the trade's already made some profit when they double their position that they're safe. And people who believe that don't understand what it's like to trade through a Swiss bank move. Or, or um, you know, we've seen, uh, you know, the, the post-Brexit move. Not the Brexit move itself, but that post-Brexit sell-off in November, where it just yeah. went through the, kind of through the floor. And, um, you don't understand that um, it's life-changing. If you go on the wrong side of that at the wrong risk, it's it's your account done and brokers suing you. Um, I think that, uh, uh, you know, if you're listening to this, understand this. If you're going to trade for the next 40 years, you're going to trade through three or four events that will empty your account if you're at high risk. And 
because the uh, in those cases there's only buyers in the market, only sellers in the market. Spreads are so wide that if you win, you win very little because you get slipped to miles on the entry, and if you lose, you get destroyed. And um, I think that Swiss banking uh, trade of yours, it's a really relevant point, Justin. About you know we look back on that trade, we were all dumb as hell, weren't we? We were all on the same side of the market, all with stop losses below an artificial level. It was always going to go, we were always going to get smashed. And we look back and you go, what were we doing? But at the time, it looked like the best trade in the world, didn't it? Exactly, yeah. You just bought it and with a stop loss below and went, oh, I'm fine, yeah. I'm safe. And one day you weren't. Um, they were really smart, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we were all real super clever. We all made $10 here and $10 in there and then got smashed to pieces. Now, I've got to say, I'm very lucky. Um, not only did I not have a position in that, but none of our accounts had positions in that particular move. And that move, as you guys know, had been, been bankrupt, one of the biggest brokers in the world. Mate, um, Jonah, thank you very much for your time. I hope that people uh, listening to this and the live webinar or on the podcast later have enjoyed it. If you're on the podcast, uh, the office that Justin mentioned uh, will be gone by the time you listen to this. But do send an email to contact at actions2wealth.com about the products and we'll send you out some information on them and see if we can assist you to get in them. If you're on the uh, webinar, you'll have an email from James in about, uh, in about 30 minutes uh, with those uh, offers. I would expect those offers to be gone pretty quickly. If you really want to take advantage of them, if you um, email contactedactions2wealth.com in the next 30 minutes, I'll guarantee them for you. So if you want to get in advance, you can email into contactedactions2wealth and just say, look, I want one of the spots on the fundamental group or I want one of the spots on the broadcast group. And we'll reserve that for you before the email comes out. Uh, James is on another webinar at the moment, so it'll come out uh, it'll come out for you guys uh, in the next half hour or so. Justin, uh, thank you very much uh, for joining us. We'll have you back and uh, feature interview again in the next uh, few months. It's always a real pleasure to listen to you. To all of you who've joined us today for feature interview number one, uh, we've, uh, we hope you've enjoyed it and got lots out of it and will continue to become better traders for it. Uh, the feature interview today presented by Access to Wealth in association with online trading profits. Uh, we do appreciate uh, your support for it. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you for the next one.